Hey guys, welcome back. I'm so happy to finally be recording again. I've honestly been thinking about it for days now. In this episode, we'll be discussing the definition of kindness, some synonyms, the signs behind it, and how we can bring more into the world. I wanted to do this podcast because I think kindness is something we often see as a bit of a throwaway. We're scared we'll be judged because it's seen as soft and weak, but that is so far from the truth. Kindness is actually none of these things. I believe kindness is in fact the most powerful resource in our society. It fosters trust. It builds community. It paves the way for positive progress. It has nothing to do with personality, gender, age, religion or race. It's a universal value and a human quality that anyone can practice, cultivate and live by. So in this episode, I'll be giving you the who, what, when, where and why of all things kindness. First of all, let's begin, as always, with the definition. What is kindness? Let's just take a minute to think about that. What does kindness mean to you? Maybe words like compassion or friendliness come to mind. Or even patience, understanding, care, maybe gentleness. According to the dictionary, kindness is defined as the quality of being friendly, generous and considerate. Now, I'm sure all of us can easily look up the definition. But I believe kindness means so much more than that. The meaning is in how you choose to show it. Be it through empathy, acceptance, kind gestures, thoughtfulness, the possibilities are entirely up to you. But how you show it is the most important part. For me, the best way to define kindness is the sincere and voluntary use of our time, talent and resources to improve our own life, first and foremost, then nature and the world around us, and then to other people. All of these through genuine acts of love, compassion, generosity and service. Although these may ultimately just all seem like synonyms for kindness, I do think that the common underlying theme that unites all of these words together is love. Love is at the core of kindness. I'll say that again because I think this is the key here. Love is at the core of kindness. It's the invisible thread that ties kindness to its peers the origin of the affectionate, empathetic and supportive undertone that exists not only in kindness but also in each and every kindness synonym. It's a form of love, guys. Love in action. A way to express love, a reason love multiplies and an example of what is possible when love is prioritised. That's why kindness is so hard to capture with just words because you can't fully express the magnitude and magnificence of kindness through just synonyms and definitions. It's one thing to be taught kindness, but it's another thing to be touched by it. If we want to truly understand what is kindness, then we need to do more than just read about it. We need to branch out beyond what is written and immerse ourselves in the beauty of what can be felt. We need to learn to intentionally spread kindness because if kindness is love and action, That means kindness is also a bridge to peace and harmony, a creator of laughter and bonds, a key that can unlock our self-imposed prisons like selfishness and hostility. And I just think there is so much potential in that. I mentioned earlier, kindness to ourselves should be our first and foremost priority. Why did I say that? 
Well, because we often think of kindness as something that changes the lives of others. But when we actively choose to be kind, the lives we change the most is our own. When we're kind to ourselves, we refuse to let ourselves be devalued and we strive to reach our own greatest heights. By this I mean we can start to see beyond the scope of our failures and instead let the power of our endless potential help us become better people. When we're kind to others, we make people feel valued and encourage them to reach their greatest heights. We see beyond the scope of our own individual problems and work to use our lives to do the most good for the most amount of people so the world is a better place because of it. So many of us want to live the best version of ourselves. We constantly fill our heads with knowledge, our bodies with nutrients and our days with goals, mainly in the hope we'll lead a life that will make us proud. We as humans want to do things that matter. We dream about ways we can do something important or do something meaningful because it's in our nature to want to make an impact. But what most of us actually don't know is that one of the most important and meaningful things we can do in our lives is to actively be kind. And when you understand this, you'll realise you don't have to wait for some unknown future date to do something great. Through kindness, you can do something important every single day and not only end up changing the world for the better, but also yourselves. So we must never ever forget to actively be kind to ourselves. Because loving ourselves as unconditionally and as kindly as we love those around us fuels us to be the best and the most authentic version of ourselves. And not only this, but it also inspires others to want to be their most authentic, kind and genuine selves. And that is why kindness to ourselves comes first. Because only then can we be kind to the environment and others around us. The best way to understand kindness is to try be an endless source of it. Experience is an excellent educator. Now we know what kindness means, let's go a little deeper into the types of acts of kindness. The first is kin altruism. This is our natural tendency to be kind to our families. It makes sense from an evolutionary perspective because positive relationships within the family are likely to help the family survive and succeed. The second is mutualism. This type proves that we tend to be kind towards members of our own communities. It explains things like loyalty and solidarity to groups we're part of. The third is reciprocal altruism. This is when we're kinder to people who've been kind to us in the past. It's why we return favours and why we're grateful to people who do favours for us. The last is competitive altruism. We're more likely to be kind to others if it improves our status. For example, if you're nicer to your boss or someone you think is popular. Okay, so we've come this far, now it's time to understand the science. Kindness has been shown to help our mind and bodies in so many ways, but the biggest and most noticeable effect is that acts of kindness make both the recipient and the giver feel happier. It provides a sense of connectivity with others and makes us feel loved and worthy, but it also renews our own health, energy and well-being. Have you ever noticed that when you're kind to someone you feel good inside? We see kindness as meaningful, magnetic and memorable in part because kindness can make us and those around us feel incredible. Incredibly useful, incredibly optimistic and incredibly honoured to be of genuine service to others. So why is this? The simplest scientific reason is because kindness is chemical. The warm feeling of happiness that washes over you when you've done something kind isn't just in your head. It's in your brain chemicals too. 
Acts of kindness can release hormones that contribute to your mood, self-esteem and overall well-being. For example, the feeling of emotional warmth is actually your body producing the hormone oxytocin. Oxytocin causes the release of a chemical called nitric oxide, which expands your blood vessels, reduces blood pressure and protects your heart. In this case, kindness is known as the love hormone. It plays a role in forming social bonds and trusting other people. It's the hormone that's released when we're physically intimate or what mothers produce when they're breastfeeding to help strengthen their bond with their babies. It makes us more trusting, more generous and friendlier. And the best part of this is that even just witnessing acts of kindness produces oxytocin. This is backed by a study where they got over 100 people to watch a video of Mother Teresa in the streets of Calcutta. She was demonstrating care and compassion to homeless people. At the end of the study, the levels of the antibody in the saliva, called SIgE, went up by 50% by no reason other than just watching the video. Seeing that emotional bond between them, just on a video, spiked their immune system by lifting their antibody level. So it's not just the person that received it, it's also anyone else that watches this act of kindness. Because ultimately, it comes down to how these acts make you feel. If you can feel that same sense of connection, it has more or less the exact same effect on you as well. And that's probably why, you know, a lot of us cry when we watch a super good film, because we can connect to those actors' feelings on an emotional level. And you want to know something crazy? In many physiological ways, kindness is actually the opposite to stress. I would have thought that the opposite of stress is peace or maybe a sense of calm. But when you think about it, that's not technically the opposite. That's just the absence of stress. If you look at the physiological effects of stress, and you look at the physical effects of the feeling you get through kindness, then you find that they're actually the opposite in terms of how they make you feel. In fact, oxytocin has become known as a cardioprotective hormone, meaning it protects the cardiovascular system by reducing blood pressure. I don't think many people quite realise the importance of this, because what this means is that the softer components of kindness like human touch or connection, these are the sorts of things that are most important for our cardiovascular health. We never used to know why, but here it is, the scientifically proven reason why people with better quality relationships have better cardiovascular systems, and why things like hostility and aggression are correlated with high levels of hardening in the arteries. When we experience kindness, another hormone called dopamine is also released. Neuroscientific research confirms that the warm glow we experience when we do something nice for someone lights up the pleasure and reward centres in our brain. In this case, kindness is known as the helper's high, because both the giver and the helper feel a sense of euphoria, a feeling of elevation and optimism. These parts of the brain become active and motivate us to do them again and again. In addition to boosting oxytocin and dopamine, being kind can also help our mental health by reducing anxiety and depression. Like most antidepressants, acts of kindness stimulates the production of serotonin. This feel-good chemical heals our wounds, calms us down, and makes us happy. There's even a suggestion that it might also produce endogenous opioids, which is the brain's own morphine. So let's talk about anxiety. Acting kindly can make you feel less anxious. When students who experienced social anxiety were asked to perform acts of kindness for four weeks, such as doing their roommate's washing or donating to charity, their social anxiety reduced and they were less likely to avoid social situations compared with a group who weren't asked to do the acts of kindness. 
So guys, if you want to be less anxious, please be nice to your flatmates. Well, actually, please just be nice to them anyways. But why is this? Why does kindness make us happier and protect our mental health? There are a few reasons. One is that deep in the human psyche is the sense that helping others is the right thing to do. For some, it's spiritual. Kindness aligns us with a deep sense of spiritual purpose. Second, helping others simply feels satisfying. For many, no explanation is necessary. It's just the way it is. Kindness feels right and it feels good. Another factor at play here is the fact that oxytocin, the main kindness hormone, turns down activity in the amygdala, a brain region involved in stress, depression, worry, fear, and anxiety. In research, people with an activated amygdala lay inside MRI scanners. They found that when they were given a dose of this kindness hormone, their activation dropped considerably. Ultimately, this is a stress-buffering effect, which in the long term has enormous benefits for our mental health because we become less affected by negative things around us. There is a lot of beautiful science around kindness, and I think it's just so important to share this because I genuinely think kindness is the missing link in healthcare. Not only does it produce endorphins, which is the brain's natural painkiller, but even just the way doctors and patients talk to one another. It all affects the way we feel. There was a study on the care and empathy given by doctor's visits for over 700 patients who had the cold or flu. They had to give the doctor a score between 0 and 10 on the empathy that they showed during that visit. Once they had all been recorded, it was found that those that scored a perfect 10 out of 10 had a 50% better immune response to the same condition than everyone else. And it all just came down to empathy, how it made them feel. And that just shows how you feel is physically affecting the function of your immune system. And I think that is the key. That kindness is not just words, not just in your head. It's changing things biologically and physiologically. That deep connection, guys, it has incredible physical effects. Oh, I also love the study. An amazing study in China found that if you think about being kind to someone in the gym, you're actually able to lift a heavier weight. I find that just extraordinary because it takes the softer perception of kindness away and it proves that it's quite literally also a strength. There is this fear of it sounding wishy-washy, but in the workspace, for example, a kind leader is now referred to as an ethical leader. But in hindsight, this is actually the same thing. It just sounds cooler or more respect-worthy if you say ethical leader rather than just kind. Sounds so silly, but that's what this world has come to. Anyway, whether or not you're lifting in the gym, the science behind kindness is really influencing how we treat certain health conditions. For example, studies are investigating if oxytocin can be used to treat some conditions. The hormone is a protein, so it can't simply be taken as a pill, but it may be used as an injection or nasal spray in the future. Currently, mindfulness-based therapy, where you document acts of kindness every day, is already being used to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Now, let's move on to another scientifically proven benefit, in that kindness has been shown to slow the process of ageing. There's a number of ways that ageing occurs, but one of them is something called oxidative stress. In a study looking at the rate of this stress in skin cells, they found that if you introduce the kindness hormone through these skin cells, the levels of oxidative stress were substantially less. Research found that oxytocin reduces levels of free radicals and inflammation in our cardiovascular system which are two main culprits of aging. This is amazing because it basically slows aging at the source. 
In science, there's also the fact that we have so-called kindness genes. The main gene associated with kindness is actually one of the oldest in the human genome, at around 500 million years old. This means it has played a huge role in our survival. We're drawn to help others. We get an intuitive sense that kindness matters, and we tend to like people who show us kindness. This is because kindness reduces the emotional distance between two people, and it helps us feel more bonded. Our evolutionary ancestors had to learn to cooperate with one another, because the stronger the emotional bond within groups, the greater the chances are of survival. So it's no wonder that these kindness genes were etched into the human genome. In the book Raising Happiness by Christine Carter, the author found that people who volunteered tend to experience fewer aches and pains. She found that giving help to others protects overall health twice as much as aspirin protects against heart disease. In the study, people 55 and older who volunteered for two or more organisations had an impressive 44% lower likelihood of dying early. And that's after sifting out every other contributing factor, including physical health, exercise, gender, habits like smoking, marital status, and many more. Can we just take a moment to appreciate that? Because essentially what this means is that this has a stronger effect than exercising four times a week. Is that not just crazy? Okay, now we know the science behind aging and the mental health benefits, but why is kindness said to be contagious? The answer lies in the fact that kindness is a chain reaction. Has someone ever done something kind to you and all you wanted to do was pay it forward? I love the idea that the gift of kindness is a gift that keeps on giving. Sincere kindness does so much more than just make us smile. It lingers and it stays with us. If we are all focused on being kind, we are creating a movement of change that impacts an entire community, city and country. Sincere kindness brings out the very best in human nature, and it can spread quickly from person to person. Kindness is a catalyst for change, but not just any change. Kindness is a catalyst for the type of genuine, positive change that slowly but surely lays the groundwork for a better, brighter and more beautiful future, so long as kindness continues to be released into the world. When we are kind, we inspire others to be kind. If other people see you helping someone, they'll also be filled with those same feel-good hormones, meaning they're way more likely to pay it forward. Even if you just hear a story about an act of kindness, it will motivate you to do the same. An American study concluded that all it takes is one person to start it, but then the ripple effect spreads outwards to our friends, friends, friends. That's an amazing three degrees of separation. This means that when you're kind to one person, that one act of kindness will positively affect up to 125 people. (laughs) Sometimes oxytocin is referred to as the hug drug. I find that so cute, but it's because when we are around other people who support us and we support them, we feel good and our body changes. Our genetic expression changes. Inflammation and oxidative stress reduce, which helps immune function. And at the end of the day, these are the things that drive most chronic diseases. So what the science is saying is that simply being around people we love, people who are empathetic, who are kind, who are compassionate, they have incredible impacts on us. And isn't that just so nice to think about? That the things that make us feel amazing are also the things that does our body good. Now that doesn't happen often in our everyday life. In all this, the main thing to realise is that kindness builds and compounds. It taps into the inherent goodness in us 
and grow steadily stronger with every act of kindness that we do. Day by day and smile by smile, as more good people do good things, kindness gains mass and momentum. So imagine kindness as a snowball, right? Rolling down a steep hill. This kindness snowball is getting bigger and bigger, faster and faster, stronger and stronger. And on its way, it's knocking some other little snowflakes so each one of them can have their own ripple effect down the hill. And now we're becoming this avalanche of kindness, right? Avalanche of goodness, of positive energy. This energy of kindness increases, it intensifies, it becomes such a formidable force for good that it knocks down all the evil barriers of anger and animosity that stand between us and the peaceful world we want. And that is the ultimate aim, to live in and create a peaceful world for our children and future generations to come. And there it is. It all starts with one, and that one person could be you. Okay, so now that we know what kindness is and why it's good for us, how can we encourage more of it? How can we be kind? How can we teach kindness? The 14th Dalai Lama wisely said, happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from your own actions. Making kindness a daily ritual begins with our own lives. There are many alternatives to kindness that will tempt us through life, including resentment and anger. Things will test us, people may try us, news may trouble us. Yet despite these obstacles, we each have the beautiful ability to actively choose to be kind. There are many different ways to be kind, but again, this comes back to our three categories. Kindness to ourselves, kindness to the environment, and kindness to other people. The second tip for implementing and encouraging kindness is to just practice, practice, practice. One of the best ways to teach kindness to others is by being intentional about it. Volunteer, give compliments, donate to charity, hold the door for someone. There are so many ways to be an example of kindness. But the key is to lead with compassion and give to give, not to receive. Practice thinking kind thoughts about people. Stop yourself from gossiping and accept that the purest form of kindness may have no audience and offer nothing in return. And if we can train our brains to be a little bit kinder to people, then kindness will become a habit. Then it's the go-to thought. That empathetic and compassionate thought is at the forefront of our mind. The last tip I have is to simply say thank you. We continually learn what's right and wrong through associative learning. When you see someone being kind or notice it from a family member, make sure to tell them you appreciate what they did. Positive reinforcement helps people want to do more good deeds and it reminds people to act with intention. And on the other end, a bit like gratitude, it's important that we recall kindness. For example, where you think of three kind things that happened to you today. Often just one negative thing that happens to us in our day overrides all the positives. So if someone is rude to you, that's all you can think of by the time you go to sleep. But when you start to remember the good stuff, the bad really doesn't seem so bad anymore. And you'll actually start to look for those good acts of kindness in the day. Now, I haven't done anything like this in my other podcasts, but I thought it would be a fun little twist for this topic. I found some lovely examples of how people show kindness around the world. And I'm just so happy to be sharing them with you because why not spread a little more joy? The 13th of November is World Kindness Day. It's universal, but every culture has its own customs and traditions of kindness, compassion and hospitality. From ancient cultural traditions to more modern acts of generosity, 
Maybe this will inspire you to make a difference by being kind to yourself or someone else today. So let's start with South Africa because that hits home for me. Ubuntu was a popular word used by South African leaders like Nelson Mandela and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. The word comes from the proverb translated as a person is a person through other persons. It's an idea that's common to many of the Southern African cultures. For example, in Malawi, it's called Umuntu, and in Zimbabwe, the Shona call it Uno. In all of these languages, the meaning is the same. I am because we are. Or in short, you can't be a human being in isolation, and the relationships within a group are more important than each individual. You might have heard the story before where an anthropologist tries to get a group of African children to run a quote-unquote winner-takes-all race. But it doesn't go as planned because instead of racing each other, the children all hold hands. They cross the finish line together and share the prize. When the anthropologist asked them why they work together instead of competing against each other, they said, Ubuntu, how can one of us be happy if all of the others are sad? Now, I don't know if that story actually happened word for word. However, I do know that Ubuntu as a cultural concept is real. This philosophy encourages kindness in a variety of ways, and many that I've seen myself, including their willingness to share resources, taking care of each other, and caring for children as a community. For some, Ubuntu is like a soul force that will push them to act selflessly in order to benefit the rest of the community. It's no wonder the proverb, it takes a village to raise a child, hails from Africa. Nelson Mandela summarised it as, the profound sense that we are human only through humanity of others. That if we are to accomplish anything in this world, it will in equal measure be due to the work and achievement of others. The next country is Japan, often described as the world's most polite country. Japan's selfless hospitality stems from a practice known as motenashi or omotenashi. This cornerstone of Japanese culture is grounded in the old tea ceremony tradition. Beyond just serving and receiving tea, one of the ceremony's primary purposes is for the host to ensure their guests' every need is fulfilled without expecting anything in return, and for the guests to enjoy the host's hospitality by showing gratitude. This creates an environment of harmony and respect. Amotenashi is often translated as hospitality, spirit of service, or anticipating others' needs. It is simply a way of life in Japan. Long before COVID made it global norm to wear face masks in public areas, the Japanese would already use surgical masks to prevent spreading their cold to others. Neighbours would also give washing powder as a gift to their neighbours before starting any construction work on their homes. A gesture to help clean your clothes from the dust that will inevitably come. Lastly, New Zealand. New Zealand is a prime example of a country with a culture that recognises kindness to ourselves kindness to others, and kindness to the world we live in. Now, I really don't know how to say this, but kaitiakitanga, meaning guardianship and protection. It's the practice of kaitiaki, the Maori concept of guarding the sky, sea, and land. It is a way of managing the environment based on the Maori worldview. The local iwi, meaning tribe, appoints a person or group to act as a guardian for a lake or forest. Fun fact, in 2017, the New Zealand government awarded the Wanganui River in the North Island the same legal rights as human beings, meaning that harming the body of water now has the exact same penalties as harming a person. So now we're nearing the end. We found that kindness is, and always will be, 
one of the most beautiful and powerful forces for good that exists in the entire world. As you can see from this podcast, kindness is so much more than just one thing. It's many things. It's a form of love and a way love forms. It's a way to change the world for the better and a way to better ourselves for the world. Kindness is a potential path to happiness and a happy way for us to potentially find our paths. We can gift it every day, not only to others, but also to ourselves. We've discovered that the science behind kindness shows just how good it is mentally and physically for our body. It has been shown to increase self-esteem, empathy and compassion, whilst decreasing blood pressure and stress hormones. People who are kind tend to be healthier, have a deep sense of connection to others and ultimately live a healthier life. So it's clear we need kindness in our world because it strengthens us as individuals, but also as a community. It empowers us. It raises both the giver and the receiver. I really think it's a necessary trait and a legitimate tool we can all use to change the face of humanity. There is enough hate and backstabbing in this world, and it's easy to let our values crumble or selfishness take over. But an act of kindness, a word of kindness, a person whose entire vibe is kindness. These are the tools we need to overcome disease, to rise above pettiness, to lift our entire race by lifting the person who stands beside us. So now it's time to take that one step further, to make kindness more than a fleeting trend, to offer it freely and speak it intentionally. We need to train our voices to be so kind that it becomes ingrained in our humanity and we don't even know how to step a day without it. So how are we going to do this? Well, by doing, we become. You know that famous, be the change you wish to see in the world quote? That quote isn't just about change and it isn't only about one person being able to change the world. It's bigger. It's about a movement that can be started from one person acting with intention. It all starts with us, with you. Kindness is just about the only thing that doubles when you share it, and that is backed by science. The conclusions we've reached is that kindness as a quality has five side effects. One, kindness makes you happier. Two, kindness is good for the heart. Three, kindness slows aging. Four, it improves relationships. And five, kindness is contagious. So why not take the effort to do a random act of kindness to a stranger or a loved one today. Do the good deeds that make people smile for no other reason. Invite kindness into your life, share it with others, and spread those good vibes to yourself, others, and the world. I thought I'd finish with a nice quote from CJ Peterson. Hearts that beat to the tune of kindness can change the rhythm of the world. That was the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening in again as much as I did recording this. I'd love to know any thoughts or feedback you might have. And otherwise, I hope you all have a wonderful start to the new year. Be kind and go change the world.